Welcome to the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. This is the Round 7 Queensland Motor Park QMP review. And like we said, this is the AMX Superstores sponsored show. We've got to give a massive shout out to those guys. AMX Superstores are the nation's leading off-road, road, and adventure retailer with over 20, I think it's low 20s, and adding to the amount of stores that they now have. They just announced a new store in Caram Downs in Victoria. And although I live in Queensland now on the Gold Coast, Caram downs and the southeast was my neighborhood for a very long time in victoria and that is a moto hub for moto and off-road it's very exciting they've got a really big store going in i talked to the amx superstores guys yesterday it's a massive fit out there they're investing a lot into the shop it's going to be a big staple for these guys and i know there's a lot of moto riders in the area that are going to benefit from having that store on their doorstep so the amx superstores um shop at caram downs coming soon and um we are very pumped to have those guys on board with the Inside Dirt Network. As always, make sure you check out amxsuperstores.com.au. Like I said, they will have all the locations for their superstores on there. But also, if you can't get to a store, they pretty much got next day or same week delivery on everything you need to keep you on the track and keep your bike running, whether it's apparel for your bike, uh, sorry, apparel for your body, spare parts for your bike, consumables, you name it, they've got it at AMX Superstores. And they've been a big time supporter of us at the Inside Dirt Network, and we cannot thank them enough. So with that being said, check out amxsuperstores.com.au. And uh, make sure if you're at Coolum this weekend, which I know a lot of you listening will be, you go check out the AMX Superstores um, trade display. I went there with uh, my son was at the race this weekend, Grace, and he's four. We grabbed him some T-shirts and some hats and, and kitted him out for the day. He had a blast, and the team at AMX really made him feel special about that. So uh, make sure you check him out, AMX Superstores, and we will get to the show. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. He's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Gator, never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. It'd be like looking over and seeing your, your ex-missus with someone else. Like, it's a... There's a few of them going around the pits, I'm sure. That's <laughs> Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? <laughs> Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked, so... <laughs> What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. And as promised, this is the round seven review from QMP. We are coming to you live from my living room in the Gold Coast. And we actually have, it's pretty cool. It's been a minute since I've been in the same studio vicinity room as uh, this guy right next to me to do a podcast since uh, since I moved to Queensland about a year ago. So uh, without further ado... I'm just going to let you introduce yourself because I actually already forgot the job title you just gave me. So for the record, please state your name and what you do. What up? It's Dano Official. I am in the studio for the first time in a long while. Um, it's just good. so you know, it's Joe, fun. it's marketing coordinator. At marketing Monza. coordinator at Monza. Yeah. AKA the Alpine Stars guy at Primax. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Alpine Stars, Pod, Oakley. Uh, Pro Circuit, we've got a long list of products. All right, uh, let's, let's chill with reeling out your, your, your I'm just saying, that. you wanted to know, I'll let you know. So, <laughs> um, You know what's cool, Donnell, is we're actually kicking it in my living room, 
And we've got the live stream up on the TV. I don't know why we didn't do this sooner. Somehow we've done review shows for years and this is the first time we're watching them on TV while we do it. The funny thing is that I, I used to do that, um, but I used to sit on the other side of the desk from you. So when I, whenever I'd bring something up on the show, it's because I'd just seen it. Oh, so when you sounded really insightful, you were just... Yeah, it's cool being being a professional. Look it up. We never had a TV in my office. I think that was the other problem. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have a lot of things in your office. That's why I left. (laughs) All right, let's get into the show today. Like I said, this is the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. Lots to unpack from QMP. Uh, We had Champions Crowned. We had Wilson Todd going up to MX1. Um, We had the back-to-back motos in MX1 um, and more, right? So let's let you guys know what's going to be on the show today. Uh, coming up first, we're going to have the MX2 class winner. He went 1-1 on the day. He's back from injury and he's back with a vengeance. That's Nato Crawford. He's going to be on the show in about 15, 20 minutes. We're going to give him a call. Um, Connor Tao, we're going to catch up with Connor real quick. Connor's been insanely fast all year in MX3. He was gone in that first MX3 moto. And unfortunately, as you guys would have seen in the, in you know on the TV broadcast or at the venue, he had a big one. So we're going to chat to Connor real quick and see how he's doing. Uh, and then everyone's favorite emo kid. Um, Would you be the savior? <laughs> it's a preview of his intro. Uh, Posty, Mickey Williams is going to call in and we're going to just chat all things QMP with him. And uh, with that being said, Darnell, the gate's about to drop right now on the TV for the first MX2 moto. Man, the track was actually, it was a lot wetter than I think it looked from the sidelines. Like looking at this, that start straight was so heavy. Like when you walked across it, you know, me being a big, you know, content guy, getting those shots, um, it was almost like losing your shoes heavy before they kind of fixed it up for the TV in the afternoon. Yeah, I mean, the first motos in practice, uh, standard issue, they had a fair bit of rain leading into the race. So that's a common thing now. If you want rain, just hold a motocross race. Well, I mean, well, there's a caveat to that, though, because, you know, we got back last night to my house. I'm about an hour away on the Gold Coast from the track. Caleb Barham, big hole shot. He killed it in this moto. We'll get to that. Um, but now it's like 25 degrees again and sunny, like it's been for weeks leading into the event. Now, I heard the track was really dry on Friday, so I think the rain actually kind of saved it. Well, you see, there was a drone shot during the week of the, of the track, and all I could think was, man, they need to get some water into this thing. Well, luckily, the uh, the sprinkler system from the sky came to aid the track crew because it just uh, bucketed rain leading into the event. So, I mean, come second motos and later in the day, it actually <laughs> baked out a little bit with how much Well, the hard base came up. You can see in this first MX2 moto, it's still pretty soft underneath, like the dirt's moving around on top. They didn't get down to the big square edges in the up ramps yet. Like they're dragging foot pegs, but the ruts are moving. There's like air pockets in there. This section was gnarly. That back hill where they dropped down off that big step down and head back up, there was that whole row of foot peg ruts. I'm going to try not to do this because obviously the listeners are not watching what we're watching. But, um, you know, realistically... The track, and this is what was cool. I kept, I said this to a lot of people over the weekend with the venue, right? Is that, you know, the last few rounds, we've kind of been at these club tracks that, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, but they kind of have a lot of switchbacks. They fit a lot of track into a small area. They're typically more of a junior style venue, which the 450 guys struggle to get their bikes up to really their potential, right? You know, Mackay and now tracks like QMP, these are real motocross tracks, in my opinion. And obviously, the series needs a variety. I get that. 
um, the championship, sorry, needs a variety of tracks. But this is one of them venues where if it doesn't rain, trying to get water into a track this big, like we saw it at MX Farm back in the day, do you remember? Yeah, it was always dry. Like, what year did we go there, 19, we went there? Yeah, and it was like, you know, typical Queensland winter, hadn't rained a whole bunch, and they put so much water on that track and they could not keep the thing. Like, even if you look at Unadilla on the weekend in, in promo across in America, that was dry. Yeah, it was quite dry. I mean, obviously, I haven't watched a lot of that yet. There was an Alpine Stars podium sweeping the 450 class, if you want to get into that. But uh, as for QMP, I mean, it's a. I think it's one of the better venues we've been to so far this year. Um, I still think Gum Valley Mackay for round two was the, the best track that we've been to in a long, long time. Um, I think Coffs would have been good if it wasn't so wet, more so for the media guys on the infield, because that was a nightmare. But... Talking about QMP, like as we sit here and watch this first moto, we may as well get into it. The start from Caleb Barham and to lead a majority of the race, what was it, 18-minute mark? He, yeah, he it was 20, to- 25 minute moto, right? Um, I think he led until five minutes-ish, maybe a little, a little bit longer away than that. So, you know, for MX2, that was a very interesting dynamic and it's going to be a good segue leading into calling NATO because, you know, here's NATO sitting in third in the opening moto and Barham and Bud now... A lot of people were saying that the track was one line because it was funneling into these sort of off-cambered 90-degree turns across the hills it traversed. And because of the, the mud at the beginning, there was only one or two good lines. But I don't know, man. Like I felt like the riders that were faster were able to make passes. And if you were the same speed as everybody else, yeah, you were going to struggle. Um, but that's motocross when you get these deep ruts and we haven't had that. Well, I guess we had it at Coffs, but before that, it's been a bit hit and miss. Yeah, we had it a little bit at Aubrey, but uh, yeah, Coffs was a little bit different. There was that big hole that you noticed just before the finish line as well in that uh, that last turn. There was a big hole and you could see how deep it was getting and the guys were actually hitting it that hard that they'd bounce, you know, it'd be a good, you know, two, three metres to the, to the left or the right, depending on what yeah. angle they hit it on. So that just shows you how the track was forming up and, and how it was deteriorating throughout the day and it got a lot worse um, in the later motos. The other thing about watching this right now on TV is that a lot of the riders in qualifying ran a scoop tire. And then some of them kept them on for the first motos because the start was so deep. And there was still enough moisture on the track to run that scoop. And you could really see the guys that were running scoops on the hard pack sections were struggling a little bit. Interesting, I didn't check out what NATO setup was. So we're going to need to ask him about that. Yeah, for sure. I, I didn't pay much attention to his tyres. Um, just his gear. Just his, his goggles. Gear. <laughs> yeah, gear and goggles. That's all that matters for me. Um, no, but in saying that, it was also a, a different dynamic in the first moto of MX2 because Wilson Todd just had to score. Well, right now he's points. sitting in fifth, right? And he just basically, had, even if Reese was to win this moto with three motos to go. He had to be up by 75 points. Yeah, which meant he essentially just had to finish the moto close to the top 10 or 15. So that was always going to happen. I I mean, never say never. There's always the risk of mechanicals and whatnot. But, you know, for Todd, he didn't have to win. He had the 450 on his mind. Personally, I felt watching him ride the 250 at the start of the day that he'd been spending the whole time in between each round on the 450 because he actually looked a little... um, He looked a little unsettled on the 250. I felt he did. Did you? Yeah, he didn't seem as comfortable on it. I think he was probably searching for that power that he's been used to riding the 450 lately. Um, he, uh, he got far, and this is the thing for Wilson Todd, fast qualifier in MX2. Now everyone's losing it because he was the fastest 450 qualifier and he won the AMX Superstore's top 10 pole shootout. 
But I have a, I have a theory, which is the fact that this track was so gnarly. He was riding on the track before those 450 qualifying and Super Bowl sessions. So he knew where it was going to be tough. He knew where the fast lines were already. Because he went from the, from the championship win, from the finish of the first 250 moto, Straight to the top 10 shootout. Straight to the top 10 shootout. So obviously he's fast and I'm not saying he wouldn't have gone fastest anyway, but riding a track for 30 minutes and then then going straight back out when the guys that you're going against haven't seen the track for the last hour and a half and it's changed, you know what it's like. Man, let me tell you from experience, you go out and ride the the parade lap for like the afternoon moto at, at a pro motocross event. I usually crash on the parade lap. Okay. So after that, the day's done. Well, the the track is, you spend that parade lap going, wow, this track is not even recognizable from what it was when I last rode it, you know? So what an advantage Wilson Todd had. And, and hey, great for his career, great for the noise for next season, um, you know, and he obviously gets the championship title, gets it done, goes straight into the 450s. And the day probably didn't go as he'd hoped in the races, but he showed a lot of promise. Well, more so in the, like that second moto, he was running in front of Tanny for a little while before Aaron made a pass on him. So, and that sort of fits what everyone was thinking. Was the plan, whether you're even Honda will admit it or well, not. That was the buzz in the pits, is, is right? The, was the plan to be able to put bikes between Tanny and Ferris for the title hunt? We oh. talked about it a lot off air and, and like you can say motocross doesn't have team tactics and Uribe's not doing anything wrong against the rule book. And Absolutely they, not. they like even asked Craig Dak on TV, what do you think about it? And he, he said, do the same I thing. do the exact same thing. So if you, if you think if, if it was a rev- roles reversed and cloudy was able to come back for this round, Dak would have had him in for sure. Right. Oh, definitely. Obviously they don't have as many riders as what the Honda, Honda team does be- to, yeah. between the factory team and even their supported riders. If they wanted to get bodies in between, they can because of the amount of riders they have. So look, whether or not you like it or you don't like it, it's not against the rules. It's Whoa. a smart tactic. And realistically, I think it would have been better for the championship for that points gap to be closer leading into Coolum because yeah, now it's 24 20, points. 24 points. So it's just under a moto, basically Tanny. If nothing crazy happens, he should be fine. He should be fine. And he's good at Coolum. And I would love to see Aaron Tanny win the championship because, and that's not anything against Dean or any of these other guys, but we've seen a Dean Ferris. We've seen Kirk Gibbs. We've seen, like, I just want to see the story of Aaron Tanny. And it's, it's a, it's a massive story of Aaron. Because he he was not meant to win this title. No. And I remember, and I still bring this up. I remember the, the first round of, of, um, MX Nationals in 2018, we were at Mafra. Mafra, right? And dry, dry track. And he was riding for the uh, that Kawasaki Complete Parts. Do you remember what the team was called? Yeah, Complete Parts Kawa. I'm pretty sure that was a. Did they have something to do with BBR as well at one point? Possibly. Was it was after Troy Carroll's team went away from Cowie. Um, anyway, he went out and won the first round. Do you remember? Yeah, and everyone's going, and where did that and, come from? And I basically went up to him and said, where did that come from? And he said, oh, I finished my apprenticeship. I'm able to ride more. And it was like, wow, okay. Like he actually took the unorthodox route of, of getting the real world stuff sorted out first. And um, then focus on the racing. And then focus on racing. And like, man, has it worked out for him? And you don't see that very often, you know? No, and then obviously he made the step. He went to Circo. He rode in the States. Made that step up to the 450 class year with Gas Gas. Mm-hmm. 
are now moving across to CDR, which is a proven program. Time and time again, we know this works. Well, here's the thing. You look at the bikes on this track, and we'll get to Nota Crawford in a second. We'll go back to MX2. You look at the 250s out there. They can bounce off the, the ruts, the slop. They can hit the square edges. Doesn't really matter. You know, setup's important, but when you got to the 450s yesterday, you really saw what bikes were working well and what won. And and that CDR bike of Tanny's looked the best, in my opinion, and it has for the majority of the year. Um, it's not to say the Hondas look bad or the KDMs look bad, but I just feel like that CDR bike in, in this environment, and I've talked about it before, I've been at the track when CDR have been testing and, you know, the the... the the infrastructure that Dakar has and the connections to Europe and the and the world teams, it goes such a long way with that bike setup. So let's let's move on and talk about MX2. We'll call NATO Crawford now. I should do that. Actually, we're gonna do it on my phone. Um, yeah, I'm just a guest here, man. I don't work for you. Nathan Crawford, uh, how we doing, buddy? Thanks for taking our time to come on the Inside Dirt Show. Yeah, now nah, all good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Well, good. We did FaceTime audio because it's better quality. So hopefully, you got some uh, Wi-Fi or connection where you're at. Uh, I'm on the golf course, so I should have plenty of plenty of plenty of uh, internet. <laughs> on the golf course, he says. That's I'm the, on the golf course. That's yes. all right. You That's are right. you are living that factory motocross life, winning races and uh, hitting hitting off the green, right? That's how it's done. Well, we put in the work, so you got to make sure you have some fun too. It's Monday straight after the national, so it's recovery day. Yeah, I was going to say is that recovery um, recovery part of the program, right? Yeah, exactly. No, it's good fun. It, it, it keeps us, and it, like you know, obviously takes our mind off of bikes at the same time too. Otherwise, we can get a little bit overwhelmed sometimes, you know. So. Yeah, you definitely need something to stop yourself getting. Uh, you know, I think a lot of riders should actually listen to what you just said because they get way too obsessive on what just happened the day before. You know. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for me to say because obviously I had a good day yesterday, but. Even if I had had a bad day, I'd probably still be here. So, um, yeah, it's just good to disconnect every now and then, you know. For sure. Well, we've got uh, Mr. Donnell Official, who you're quite familiar with, with the Alpine Styles and Oakley and everything. He's sitting here uh, yeah. with us. Yep. Yeah, cool. How are you, boss? Oh, I'm, I'm good, mate. It's good when uh, when I give you a couple of fresh sets and you go 1-1, one, one, so that's, uh, it makes my job easy. Oh, maybe you have to bring another couple of fresh sets to cool them in, yeah, eh? Yeah, well, maybe. Look, we had, <laughs> we had a deal yesterday. Nato goes, I think I'm going to wear the all-white set for the second moto. I go, well, you better want a whole shot, lead every lap and win. And uh, oh, and you stuck to your word there. So, you know, we're pretty happy with that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. No, it was a really good day. Yeah, we're watching the live, uh, the live stream back right now on TV. Um, we're doing this in my living room. So, obviously, Darnell's in town for the week before. Cool them, Nato. And the first moto right now... Take us through, you know, we're sitting here, it's it's 15 minutes into the moto, so there's 10 minutes left to go. Um, and it's just this freight train of of um, Barham out front, Bud in second, you in third. And it's like at times Bud would inch up onto Caleb and then you would inch up onto Bud. But were you guys still breaking the track in? Was it just not allowing you to move off the main line at that point before, you know, you started making moves later in the race? Yeah, well, that's exactly what it was. So I was in, sitting in third, and I could clearly see, obviously, Byron was holding a really good race pace at the front. Um, and Reese, obviously, he's kind of a little bit of a younger, like, rider at the same time. And I could see how hard he was pushing. Like, obviously, the track was still coming around at this point, so it was just betting in a bit. Um, and those boys were pushing it pretty hard, and I could just see the intensity that they had. There was definitely going to be mistakes been made, and I just wanted to sort of, you know, wait my time out a little bit and um, 
be patient and like I just knew that no one was going to make a pass stick like without running off the main line exactly like what you said so um, basically you had to run off the main line or throw it up the inside or make an aggressive move and obviously with how deep and wet the track was in Moto 1 I knew that there was going to be some some, some mistakes and um, Reese was the first one to make the mistake so I got into second um, and then I just put a couple of really good laps down and um, got back onto the back of KJ um, and then yeah just got I had a couple of different lines and made them work to my advantage and, yeah, made a pass on KJ and tried to put, straight after that, I tried to put, like, three really good laps down and break away and then just managed it from there. Yeah, we just saw you make the move on Reese Bud, actually. He got caught up trying to make a move on, on Caleb. So you're right. It was He tried to move off the main line and rush something and it wasn't there, hey. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was in that tight turn before an uphill. So, um, yeah, I just knew it. Like, yeah, you couldn't, you, the main line was just so dominant in the first moto that you, if you went off, it was, you know, you had to go off to make a pass, really. But it's just like, I just knew that it wasn't um, wasn't the the ideal approach for that early on in the race. So I just I just left it for a while, and it ended up working out in my favour. Do you feel like in that first moto, obviously you sat back for a while, and that's obviously a part of the plan is to to watch and see what lines are forming up and keep in touch with those guys because sometimes it can hurt you being out front early when the track is like that. So was that a part of the game plan to just wait it out and then? make their move later in the moto? Um, uh, look, for me, like, the, the game plan in the moto ones usually just to get a really good start and then just sort of feel it out for the first 10 minutes because obviously, you know, if, if you start the day off with a, with a bad moto one, you sort of you sort of make the rest of the day hard for you. So obviously getting a good track position in moto one. And then I kind of just sat there, like, sat there for a while to make... To make um, not make any stupid decisions and and like I was obviously I was in third so I was like oh I don't want to I'm in a good position here like I would I would have happily sat there for third um until I started feeling really good and I knew I had a good shot at winning that's when I started pushing forward a bit more so I just kind of had to let the race come to me because you know like as, as I said I don't want to you know if you blow the first motor of the day you sort of you sort of behind the eight ball for the rest of the day then you know so um yeah I sat back and watched and found some good lines and then yeah sort of put a charge on towards the end of the 10 minutes there talk about nato obviously um you had a fema uh, break was it january february when did you do your fema uh it was it was actually march march geez that's even march closer 20th. to the series than i thought so yeah. you know that was a month before round one so march to july what's that april may june july so four or five months for a rod and a return and to return where you're at now, look, I consider you a veteran in MX2 at this point. You'd be on, yeah. on tour for what? The best part of eight years. I think you went MXD in 2014, I think. Yeah. Um, yep. So I've been, I've been on the tour since you went pro and injuries, you know, I think a few different injuries here or there in your career span, the amount of championships you've won, you know, you probably don't need me to tell you this, but it would yeah. have been a whole lot different, but for you to come back, I was very surprised that number one, you made it back. Cause when I, I remember seeing you, at, uh, what was the second round? Um, Mackay and you were walking, but not very well. And you sort of said, no, I'll be back. The, the plan is later in the year. And I was like in, you know, every, every writer says that you got to believe that. Right. But in my head, I'm like, there's no, yeah. no way you're going to be back before Supercross, you know? Um, yeah. so FEMA's, you know, yeah, they put the rod in the bones good to go in a few months, but the soft tissue, of the, the hip and the upper leg and all these things, 
it's, it's, it's a big trauma. And, you know, for you to come back so soon and not only be riding around, but actually, you know, you pretty much came back and was competitive right away from the previous round. Like you caught Wilson at the end of that moto. I don't think anyone can say, oh, you know, he's in championship mode. So he doesn't care. Like he wanted to win that race. And so did you, I think you could see that if you'd have been in this championship, it definitely would have been a closer battle than him dominating the way it has. So I don't know, man, talk about what you did to get back because I'm just impressed that number one, you got back. And second of all, you've come back at this higher level. Mm. Yeah. Well, basically from about week four or week five post-op, every single day was accounted for. I had Dean from fighting fit physio who we put a program together like as soon as, yeah, like I said, five weeks post-operation, even though I was still, you know, um, actually, I was off crutches three weeks after the after the injury. Um, so basically, from about week four, week five, I had um, every single day I was accounted for. The structure was really well, and we just worked every single day something to make it better. You know, and um, obviously, I was never even meant to be back for motocross at all. Um, the, the plan was just to come back for supercross. Um, I always kind of knew I was going to that was achievable. Um, but yeah, obviously, everything was going really well. Um, you know, I, I take a lot of care in my health as far as, you know, like my dieting and all that sort of stuff, which takes, which like takes a big, not toll, but it actually really benefits me because my body is, like heals quite well, obviously. So, um, so I got, so yeah, as I said, every day was accounted for. We, we just put in hard, hard work and got back to where I needed to be and got back on the bike. Um, um, I think it was around Gilman time was actually when I got back on the bike. But then when I rode for the first day, I was like, oh, man, like, this is not good. Like, while I was allowed to ride, it was just like I had a lot of work to do. I was a long way off where I needed to be. Like, I couldn't even jump anything. Like, just as hard as, you know, hitting a few braking bumps was painful. So I was like, oh, shit, like, I don't really know. Anyway, the weeks just ticked off and I just, you know, stuck to the plan. And um, sure enough, just one week, like, all of a sudden, just, started feeling really really good and I was so then um we had a goal to try and get back for some of the um nationals and obviously yeah here we are got back at Coffs and honestly it just comes down to all the hard work that myself um Dean from Fighting Fit and then obviously um the other Nathan Crawford from um zero zero elite rider training that still trips me out man that still trips me out yeah I know it trips it trips it trips me out um but, um, yeah, so obviously, yeah, we put in heaps of work and we basically have been doing times two, you know, of everything what I would usually do just to try and catch up and be in a, in a good spot come the races because Nathan said to me, you ain't coming back to ride unless you're coming back to be competitive. He wasn't going to let me race if I was going to do the whole thing. So I basically didn't really have a choice. I had to come back and, and you know, be in a good spot straight away and, um, it ended up working out. I just obviously there's always a little bit of doubt in your mind, no matter what. But um, yeah, I just had to believe in everything that I did up until Coffs Harbour at that point, and then just you know let my other you know knowledge or you know experience take me across the line. I guess so. But yeah, it all worked out really well. Yeah, I think that's the other point too, because I think your original plan was to be back for Maitland, but maybe waiting that extra round is just you know get a little bit more work in, and it's it's proven to have worked the right way. Obviously you went four, two at coughs, which really could have been a two, two the way you were riding. Like it just a, a yeah. small mistake in that first moto. And then to go one, one yesterday, it, it just shows that 
I mean, this championship could have been very different. Obviously, you don't want to think about that too much and focus on yeah. what's ahead of you now. So what's the yeah. what's the plan prior, like this week coming into Coolum? Are you going to do much riding or are you just going to focus on what you need to do? Yeah, I mean, the plan is to just probably just ride on Wednesday. Um, but obviously, yeah, like, you know, still still in the gym. I was in the gym this morning. Um, again, 10 o'clock this morning, I was in the gym. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll be in the gym again tomorrow, ride Wednesday, and then I'll probably head up to Coolum around Thursday. So, obviously, we have two days at Coolum, so I won't, you know, run my body into the ground too much this week. You're not going to be able to, you know, obviously I can maintain this week, but I ain't going to gain, you know, too much by trying to beat myself, like, you know, belt myself up this week. So, um, yeah, just going to you know, keep the program as is, you know, keep it fun. Obviously, I've been, you know, having a lot of fun lately and I think that's really helped, honestly. Like, um, obviously, while I've been doing a lot, a lot of work, um, keeping it, you know, fun, like, you know, like for example, going to play golf and doing all that sort of stuff. It's just kept me in a really good mindset uh, Mindset, and I think um, I think you ride your best when you're happy and having fun. So, yeah, no, it's been, it's been good this week. It's not going to change too much for Paul Cool. That's it. you got to find that balance between riding and, and having a bit of fun here and there and, doing what you need to do just to so you don't get beaten down and focused on it. Like, you've obviously focused, but you don't want it to be absorbing your life to the point where you're not enjoying it. So I think you're doing the right things. And if you keep going 1-1, I mean, that's, that's the way to keep doing what you're doing. That's always a good way to do it. Um, yeah. So let's – obviously, we're jumping a little ahead of ourselves here, NATO, but Supercross um, – been a few years since you would have rode Supercross because I think the last time – Supercross ran in Australia. You were doing MXGPs. When was the last time you rode Supercross? Uh, well, I was meant to do it in 2019, and then um, plans changed, and I ended up over in Europe earlier. So that's right. Um, yeah, that's how it went down. Yep, 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 yep. So I was meant to race that year, but whatever. So Supercross uh, 2019, when I was still in preseason, was the last time I rode Supercross. But we're looking forward to it. Have you got a track and everything organised? Where are you going to be training at? Yeah, I'll probably be based um, in Toowoomba a lot of it I'll probably have to head down to Sydney here and there because obviously the team's down there but obviously we got you know Byram's got his compound and he um, is obviously really you know good with me in that regard like let's you know we go stay out there basically when Supercross times we basically don't even come back home that much we're just in Toowoomba the whole time obviously but um, yeah he, he's obviously really accommodating in that sense which is good so um even yeah, after you beat him even after you beat him yesterday on that first moto he'd be... <laughs> oh, well obviously kj had a really good second moto yesterday too so for us to be able to be one and three in the first moto like we were both we were both super stoked so it was a really good day that's cool man well um hey nato i appreciate you taking the time and um and it sounds like you're about to crash a golf cart or something but um <laughs> yeah Oh, I got I got Aaron Tanny steering the thing, so I'm in trouble there. Yeah. Oh, is Tanny steering the thing? <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good. Tanny's on the golf course as well. I called him earlier to see what he was up to, and it sounded like he had a pretty big, pretty big afternoon going on. So he's got to yeah. get get some chill time. No, nah, it's good. No, nah, it's easy, mate. No, oh, well, I appreciate you having me on. All good, man. And uh, look, we'll um, we'll catch you at Coolum in uh, in a few days, actually. So enjoy the week, mate. Yeah. We'll chat to you soon. Thanks for coming on. Cool. Thanks, mate. See you, boys. See, see you, mate. mate. All right, guys, that was Nato Crawford on the – oh, yeah, probably should. That's all good. He's hung up. Nato Crawford on the AMX Superstore's Inside Dirt show. Um, he's feeling it right now, isn't he? You can really tell. Yeah, he's just – I mean, obviously, you're going to be feeling pretty good after going 1-1. One, one. 
And for the return, he's had two podiums out of two races. Really, what more can you ask for after having five months off? Yeah, for real. It's um, testament. I was, I was going to ask him about what he's going to do next year if he's got plans to go to MX1. Um, it's going to be interesting because obviously Wilson is, is quite clearly done with MX2 at this point. Well, so you, You'd think that. You, you would, right? So... To me, it just is an interesting yeah. dynamic because you're going to have Larwood, you're going to have Kingsford, you're going to have Fox. Like all these young guys are going to really start finding form next year. Wilsey, NATO, these veterans, I'm sure they're going to be able to run that pace. But, you know, NATO's already done a 450 season a fair few years ago. Um, it was probably too early for him, I feel, to be competitive as far as race wins. He had some good top fives, but, uh, you know be interesting to see what the silly season does with um yeah i mean there's obviously a lot a lot of rumors that we can't get into of where who's going where and who's riding what and we could if we cared to speculate i don't like to do that because rumors are exactly that and whatnot but um you know with honda you can kind of read between the lines of what's happening um it's pretty obvious really Yeah. yeah Uh, you know, CDR, I don't anticipate... I don't see it changing. changing. No, and especially, obviously, they've got... And that's the thing with the Honda team and CDR both going to World Supercross. That focus, like, Tanny's obviously going to ride the 250 at Well, you've at got Worlds the perfect combo for Dakar. You've got two guys that can win pro mx and honestly, you've got two guys that could win Australian Supercross because Tanny is an incredible Supercross rider. So... And he's going to do World Supercross. So, like... There's no need for that lineup to change. So what what does that leave for 450 seats? You've got possibly Kawasaki. Um, the KDM Husky Gas Gas model is 150 rider, 150 rider. So it doesn't leave a lot of seats, does it? No, not Because, really. I mean, you've got someone like Kirk Gibbs on KDM winning races still. He's more than likely going to... Well, you're not... Yeah, I mean, would you see KDM move Gibbsy out to put, put Nader on the 450? Probably not. Probably not. And not he's right been now. orange. I mean, could... You know, could a Melros move somewhere else and NATO go to Gas Gas or something? That's a possibility, you know? Um, it's I, it. It'd be interesting to see. I, I just want, I should have done that. Should have asked him if he wanted to stay on the 250 or go up. But either way. Well, that's the thing, too. You got to think about it as well. This is NATO's second round on the KDM. It is, yeah. So for him to come out of his first round after five months with the new team, new bike, this and like, obviously they're still riding the 22 model bike, not the 23s yet. But really, that's his first race at a national level on that KDM, and he went four two, and then to come out go one one go one one. So obviously, he clicks with the KDM. So would he want to change up that program for next year? Maybe not. I mean, hopefully he stays there. You know, goes into the year as a championship legit contender. Well, that's the other thing too with um, with Gibbsy not riding Supercross like he does. Does that move the option for NATO to go 250 outdoor, 450 Supercross? We don't know. Like that would, I think that could be a move for it's next year. It's a possibility. Year. I mean, there is a rider going to that seat for 450 Supercross. Um, yeah, obviously. That, that is known. Uh, hopefully, they'll, I'm sure there'll be an announcement following motocross finishing next weekend at Coolum. Hmm. Have I been in Queensland long enough to say Coolum now, or do I just keep saying Coolum like everybody else? I don't know, I'm still going to say Coolum. Yeah, so. it's, it's gnarly. You know who does it the most is Joel Evans. Joel Evans. Yeah. I, I love Joel Evans, but it'd be like if you if you had to spell it the way that Joel says it, it'd start with a K E W L. Coolum. Coolum. Yeah, it's like wow. Well, this is the one thing we need to talk about. Four fifty, two fifty. Sorry. Wilson Todd wrapped the championship up yesterday. We're watching it right now. He 
came in for that Swifty moto and it was actually a bit of an anti-climax. I think everyone wanted to celebrate and they were like, well, soon you got to get to the you staging get back in the area line. for the for the uh, the top 10 AMX Superstores pole shootout in MX1 <laughs> because that's a big deal. And that's the other thing. It probably sucked for NATO too. Finally, he like gets this win and it's like, oh, yep, you won. Cool, we've got to talk to Wilson. Yeah, we've got to talk to the championship guy. But NATO got his, um, you know, he got his TV time in the afternoon going 1-1. One, one. Yeah. There's I mean, you're even the Honda guys with the shirts. Yeah, I've got a bone to pick with Yareev too. Obviously, Yareev is a very vocal and passionate man, and we love that about him in the sport. He's got to stop popping up behind me in the media area and screaming when his riders win because I've got blown eardrums now. So was, was, uh, we've got to do a ma- like it's a massive effort for him to wrap it up the way they have. That team's solid. The the program we know that works. Like it looks like. <clears throat> Where Wilson goes from here, I don't really want to get into that too much. Let's just focus on what we've got coming up ahead of us at Coolum. But, you know, he dominated all year. You can't deny that this championship. Like, uh, he was on it. another level. Had it had NATO, it's ifs and buts. NATO wasn't there. Wilson was. And that's his third um, MX2 championship in Australia, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I think he's won like nine Aussie titles now, including yeah, junior including stuff. juniors and MX, MX, uh, D, MX3, whatever you want to call yeah. it. You know, he's had some big years. So, you know, it's um, watching him right now with Kate Peck doing his interview on TV. He goes straight back out, sets the fastest time. So he set fast time in MX2 and MX1. Mm. And man, that's a career day, really. Even though the 450 motos didn't go quite the way he'd planned, it was still a big day for him. And... It's going to be interesting to see. Now, I guess the other silly season... Is that my pug? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, your dog makes a lot of noise, eh? I was like, what is that noise? Like, oh, it's Dungy. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, like I said, we're in my living room. We're just kicking it, feet up on the couch, doing this pod with the TV on, watching the, the coverage, and the pug is snoring his head off. <laughs> He's not even asleep. That dog just snores awake. It just... Yeah. He's got some issues. <laughs> yeah, he's struggling. He's struggling, but it's what you get for buying a bug. Anyway, um, I was going to say, the interesting thing also I want to talk about, because Wilson Todd was the guy that came out from MXGP, and that's usually the Australian business model, is that these guys, they go to the, the MXGP. They dominate here, go to GPs. They spend two, three, four, five years overseas, then they come back. Hmm. So to me, there's two riders that, could potentially be on the bubble of coming back. Mitch Evans and Jed Beaton. Yeah, I mean... I and we don't need to go into big detail no, with this, but... I think I think Mitch is doing enough right now to stay over in Europe. Um, and look, we know Jed. Jed's got the speed yeah. to run over there, whether or not the team is right or whatever. I don't... I don't know. It's hard to speculate, yeah. but I just know how cutthroat MXGP is, especially in MX1. And yeah. if you're if if you're unable to land a competitive team ride, it's almost impossible to be competitive. That's it. I mean, there's a big jump over there between a privateer or a, you know a lower tier team compared to the factory yeah. elite team. So I don't know, just food for thought, like who might be coming back. Uh, there's no rumors. There's no gossip. That's just something I've literally pulled out, but you know, it's worth thinking about and, and that might affect the seats next year. Who knows? But man, I tell you what, watching this TV coverage, it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It, it looks it, great. It, and doing it, they are doing a really good job with the TV, obviously with the stand package and SBS and then the live stream of the morning motos on Facebook and YouTube and everything else. 
I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a lot better than what uh, Mav TV and Flo are doing in the states right now. So, you know, I think people need to actually start taking a lot more notice in our series because it we cop some flack here and there for different things, but I've said it before and you've said it before. Our domestic series is one of the best in the world I, I outside would go of America. And, I would go ahead and say that it is the best because I've watched I watch a lot of UK stuff still because I'm from there. Believe it or not. Um, I see, you know, guys that I grew up racing with, like Tommy Sell, they still do the British Championships. You look at those events on TV, the live stream, they have the MX Nationals in the UK. It doesn't come close to what we're doing over here with coverage, with media, with press, with TV, with with sponsors and partners like this. And this isn't, you know, I'm involved in the championship as far as, as, as a professional level with, with my, my media agency and everything. I have no problem saying that I would still be saying this if, I wasn't partnered with the championship. So it looks great. And, and it's really good to see how great it looks, you know, for the public and for the race fans, you know, it's cool. Um, and that's coming from two guys that used to do a TV broadcast of the nationals in Australia. Yeah, I mean, well, we know how like, it is to make this stuff look. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. I mean, obviously we used to cover a lot of flack for the live stream back in the day. Obviously we weren't working anywhere near the same budget for what these guys are, but it's taking our sport to the next level and this is what we need. We need more exposure. It, it brings more people to the track, more people ride. And it's, it's just good to, you know, even being back up here at Queensland, we haven't done these final two rounds for so long. It feels like, like it's been three years since we've been at Keelum for the final round. 2019 was the last time we were there, you know? And that's it. And the, it just has, feels so strange, doesn't it? The vibe and the atmosphere around these last two rounds, especially like at this model, we know this model works of going to a Queensland round and then going to cool them that week in between, like everyone's up and about, everyone's around the area. It's just a good vibe. It, it is. And it's just, you know, if you want, if you're a fan of the sport and you want to experience what Australian motocross is about, these two rounds are the ones. This is to. where, like, not to say, you know, your local round is any less than these, but you should go to a local round and you should go to cool them a few days early and stay and hang out. It's, it's, that's the advice, right? So, 100%. Is the Alps commercial on right now? Look at yeah, that, yeah. Sexton and Tomac. Yeah. That was a that was an incredible battle at Unadilla. We won't get into that, but all right. Here's what we're going to do on the AMX Superstars Inside Dirt show. I'm going to give young Connor Tow a call. Hey mate, how you doing? Connor, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for uh, taking some time to come on to the AMX Superstars Inside Dirt show. How you feeling, bud? Oh, a bit sore from yesterday's crash, but we're all good now. We're all good now. I mean, it's uh, it's been. About 24 hours, right? So, um, thanks. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm glad you had a minute to come on. And I thought it'd be a good time to get you on the show because your season has been a, a very big highlight reel of, of of speed, of race, you know, leading races and really just dominating as far as how fast you can go. And then some pretty big crashes and some ups and downs. So I was like, man, let's, let's call Connor. Let's get him on the show. And uh, unfortunately, you probably still got a bit of a headache and, and sore body from yesterday. But, um, you know, starting from yesterday, dude, that first moto, you know, you didn't qualify the best. It hasn't been like you usually have been, but um, you were gone in that first one. Take us through it. Yeah, qualifying didn't start off too good. It was just traffic jamming the whole time. Couldn't get a clean lap through. But that first moto, I got off to a good start, made pass for the lead, led, and then I just started pulling away, putting down my laps, clicking laps over. And then I just saw how big of a lead I was in, so I just maintained that. And then Dad put up four laps to go, so I was like, all right, I'll 
cruise on through and then I come up to this jump and when I went up to it, I clicked up a gear and it went into false neutral, unfortunately. And then it resulted into a crash landing onto my collarbone, which yeah. I unfortunately ended up breaking. So that's the damage report. We've got a broken collarbone and uh, and a bit of a, you know, you, you weren't knocked out, right? You just sort of hit your head a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really feel any pain just with the adrenaline running, but I felt there was a bone sticking up on my arm. And I was like, yeah, I've done some damage on my shoulder. Oh man, that's not a good feeling. Um, it was just the yeah, perfect impact not. because you kind of, you didn't get drilled by the bike and land on your back. It kind of tucked the front wheel and, and spat you straight to your collarbone, didn't it? Did did your helmet hit your collarbone or was it just the ground? Did you remember that bit? Well, it was the best scenario to be, um, scenario, to be honest because I didn't land onto my head or anything, just onto my shoulder and the bike didn't land on, on me. So it was good to just dismount I know I broke my collarbone, but better dismount onto myself instead of the bike landing onto me. Dude, did you get that video I sent you that um, of the crash? Did you get? Did you watch that yet? Yeah, I got that video. Yeah. Yeah, you got lucky. Pretty that gnarly. bike went. I, yeah. It spun up a one eighty above you, and man, like the TV from the back, kind of got it justice. But Jimmy, um, Jimmy, our content creator, he got it from the front angle, and boy, that thing nearly got you. Yeah, it was pretty close. Um, Connor, I've got Darnell with me. He's uh, also on the podcast, helping me co-host. How are you, mate? Hey, how you feeling? Pretty sure, pretty sore, I imagine. Yeah, pretty banged up. Bit yeah. sore in the collarbone. It was. Um, I mean, obviously you had your crash, and and that sucks. But man, your your speed this year has been something that uh, it's a big talking it's point. A, it's a very big talking point, obviously. On one of our shows earlier in the year, actually our first show for the year, we caught up with Wilsey um, and he was telling us how impressive you are at the practice track and we sort of hadn't seen it much in those earlier rounds, um, but it seemed like after he said that, maybe it was because I was starting to take a little bit more notice, but man, you can ride a bike really well. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, at the opening, I had a really good pre-season with Wilsey and Cloudy and then we come into the first round and I was riding, I was riding myself. I just halfway through the moto, I would just get really tired. And then after the two motos were like, there's something up. So we did a COVID test and unfortunately we came back with positive to COVID. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously, um, and obviously I've been helping you out Connor with a little bit of PR and things like that. And, and when I wrote that mid season uh, review for you, you know, you carried that sickness basically through the first almost four rounds, I think it was, before you sort of came back to full health. Yeah, my full health was came back around Gilman. That was when my health was fully back. Yeah, and you could see then the results started. You know, you were fastest qualifier, second fastest qualifier, back hole shots, back running up front. Um, so let's talk about, Connor, I know this is something that at different times people have, obviously, I'm sure you're getting the questions and, you know, this isn't going to put you on the spot at all. It's something you're aware of, but these yep. crashes, you know, I've, I've chalked them up to different things. Like you've got unlucky with, you know, a lap hire in front of you at Gilman and you chose a right you hadn't ridden before and you tucked the front end. You know, I think yep. the crash you had at, um, uh, coughs, you know, you just hit that kicker on the start straight that obviously you're not the biggest rider and you're going really fast. And, and when that bike in swings, yep. it's probably a little harder for you to keep that thing under you than say a bigger rider. Um, but what what are you chalking these crashes up to? Like, forget what everybody else is saying. Like, what, what do you put this down to as, as far as um, the consistency and that sort of thing? 
honestly, I could not tell you. I'm just, I think I'm on the bad luck type of side right now. I've been putting in the hard work and it's showing that matter I just had, which I'd land onto my shoulder. I was feeling really good out there. I was just clicking my laps off, putting in the laps, and I was just maintaining the lead until I come up to that jump. And unfortunately, it went into false neutral, and then I couldn't do anything about that. And then, yeah, I know I've had these crashes all over the year, but I've learned from them, and then I've learned from them over the last couple of weeks. And then, yeah, I felt really confident coming into these last two rounds and ready to win. And that's the thing, I've, I've kind of said this to your mum and dad in, in a way, and I don't want it to sound like a shitty thing to say, but yeah. you're, you're almost, you're getting so much TV time out front, and even though you haven't been winning races and there's been some crashes, I don't think this does your career any harm, personally. Because Absolutely not. <laughs> like, the amount of teams that you talk to and, and you know the industry, sorry, like when you've been around as long as we have, you know the industry. The team guys and the manufacturers, they're looking to work with speed. You know, the guy that goes consistent and gets a podium here or there or is a top five guy, that doesn't always land you that kind of next step in the sport. But what you're doing, yep. as much as it's you know, not been ideal with the crashes this year. You're showing so much potential, but I don't think anyone's going to doubt that you're going to figure this out. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's just figuring out the consistent side of it now. Because we've definitely got the speed. We've showed that in the last couple of races. Well, that's what everyone says. You know, if you can, if you've got speed, we can bring everything else in. You know, fitness can come in. Yeah, we can work with it. Yeah, technique. You've technique. I don't know what your start technique is, but can you start doing schools on that? Yeah, you probably uh, should sell that because it's working really well. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't had. I think I've had one whole shot over this whole year, but I'm constantly in that top five, top three coming out of that first corner, and it sets me up good for the race. Well, it definitely shows that you're training with uh, Woolsey and Cloudy because they're the masters are getting good starts, and I think you've sort of. Learnt a little bit from those guys, and you got to you got to think that that's pretty good company to be training with. With you know, Wills is a veteran of the MX2 class in the series. Cloud is you know our reigning champion coming into this year. Um, what's it like yeah. riding with those guys during the week? Well, obviously they're probably both not riding right now, but yeah, yeah, when they were, yeah, it's it's definitely a cool experience just to have that because they've had so much experience from growing up, and they know what it's all about. So I've learnt a lot from them. And they've taught me a lot along the way. With, uh, you know, so, so how old are you now, Connor? I've just turned 17. Yeah, because that's the other thing, right? Like, I think the industry, in my opinion, is is super harsh on, on the MX3, MXD riders. Because it's like, you can ride this class again next year. You don't have to go up to MX2, do you? No, I don't. I've still got another year if I really want to. Exactly. So at that point, you're kind of doing your job as an MX3 rider that you've, you're showing speed, you're showing promise. And man, I've seen that many guys over the years that they win MX3 titles and they go to MX2 right away. It doesn't always translate. You know, this is a learning class and it's a 50-50 whether the guys that win championships in this class actually, you know, translate into, um, you know, future like champions and big pro guys in the sport. So that's also an interesting part that, you know, I just think that, you know, the young guys, you're meant to be fast. You're meant to have, you know, make, make mistakes, learn your lessons and, and, uh, and, you know, go from there. It's, we're actually just watching the, we're chilling in my living room doing this podcast, Connor, and we're watching the, the, yeah. the, the live stream back. And, oh, did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Big moment for Ferris there in uh, the pole shootout. But back to you, Connor. So 
obviously this sort of throws a spanner in the works for the rest of the year. Were you looking at doing anything Supercross or have you ridden any Supercross at all? Connor can ride Supercross, dude. Oh, really? Yeah, you go, you go. Yeah, Connor, I can yeah. ride Supercross. <laughs> yeah, Connor can ride Supercross. Yeah, I would, I would say I'm more of a Supercross rider, to be honest. I did it back in 2018 and 2019 and I'd train with Dylan Wills and Luke Clow at uh, Brock McCleary's track. So they've got a good facility out there and that's what we're going to go back to. Once that, I've healed and we're going to go back to that for this Supercross season coming up. So basically, Supercross prep starts now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that does make a lot of sense now you think about it. That's Wilsey and Claudia, two guys that can ride really, super, ride super really well. Um, no, that'll be cool to see you out there. So is the, is the plan to stay in, not to put you on the spot, but is the plan to stay in MX3 next year or, or do you want to? take that step to MX2? I think they're still figuring it they're out. They're still figuring hey? it out? Yeah. Uh, I'll I leave that alone. I still think we're figuring it out. Yeah. I reckon if I do another year of MX2, I still can learn a lot more. And I've learned a lot with just leading laps and there's still a lot more to learn before I'd make that big jump. So I think we're on the side of maybe running MX3 again next year. I don't think that's a bad decision at all. And I've had this conversation with your mum and dad, Connor, as far as like the way the sport works. It's, it's one of those things where I've seen so many guys go up too soon and your partners, your sponsors, they'll support you. But if you don't really deliver in that first year, it's a tough sell to get more support. You know, it's, it's really, exactly. it's more about what your partners are willing to do long-term and, and the dynamic of, you know, what team slots are available, what support can you get? Like, and I think even for the listeners, there's, I don't get that. Like, yeah, you're a 17 year old kid that can ride the hell out of a dirt bike and you've got great potential in the future. But like the decisions that your parents have to make, you know, right now for the kind of you and your parents for the, for the long term of your career is something that it's a lot, there's a lot more long term implications than I think um, people understand, you know? So not, not trying to put pressure on you there, Connor, but um, you know, I think people from the outside in, they're just like, oh, I'll stay MX3 or oh, I'll go MX2. But like, there's a lot that goes into that decision. Like you have partners with, with KDM, with, um, you know, KDM Newcastle, Pro Circuit, Fox, like all these people that contribute to your program that they all may have differing opinions of whether you should go to MX2 or stay in MX3, you know? Yeah, it's not all up to me. There's a lot, there's a lot to come to it to choose which one I'm going to do next year for sure. And that. And there is a lot of growing to do before I go into MX2. I'm racing against bigger guys, so I do need to grow out a lot more to think, go up against them. I think Wilsey would be pushing for him to stay in MX3. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, the, the master and the apprentice battling it out. Yeah, it's just another guy that can be battling with Wilsey. I mean, you've obviously shown the speed. Um, yeah. And I, was it a Cessnock or? Yeah, he's been at the East Coast MX, right? Yeah, East Coast, yeah. Yeah, you've been battling with the with the big boys in, in those, uh, you know, state-based races, so you're definitely on pace. Connor, it's crazy. I'm looking at the TV right now, and there's a video. It's a, a Yamaha commercial playing from the live stream, and it's at QMP on, like, a normal day, and it's just, like, this hard-packed track with a little bit of loam in the turns. It is so yeah. different from what you guys raced yesterday. What, more limey than... No, nah, no, nah, like a hard pack and a tiny bit of powder, not like a rut fest that there was, you know, that you guys rode. Yeah, yesterday was pretty good. It had that little bit of limey in it. I thought it was going to be a lot more hard pack than it was yesterday. Unfortunately, the ground was still hard enough to, <laughs> to get the collarbone yeah. break. But so, dude, talk about um, Supercross a little bit more because I remember back in the day, right, like I used to coach, you know, coach full-time at one point 
And um, I remember in the, you rode 85 in 2019 Supercross, right? Yeah. Because I had a kid that was, um, I coached in Victoria, um, Benicio Kafer, and, and he rode pretty good. Um, I think you beat him at the Junior Aussies, but he whole shot some motos and I think he battled with you outdoors. He was getting like top fives. Um, and he was like, you know, fifth, sixth kind of supercross place. But I remember watching you and, and Ryder Kingsford ride supercross in 85s. And, you know, everybody else kind of looked like an 85 supercross rider, if that makes sense. Like they were doing what yeah, you would do on 85. We were doing the big You guys were tripling. You were really kind of racing the track on 85s. So, I mean, your size, you probably haven't grown that much since then, but I don't even really know where I'm going with this, but you just look really impressive in Supercross. Is it always something you've just leant towards? Yeah, I don't know. I just In 2018, I went out to Brock McCleary's and Willsey was there one day and he saw me jump the big double and he's like, oh, you can ride Supercross. I was like, yeah, this is my first time riding. And I've just, he teached me along the way in 2018, 2019. And we've, over the years, we're just involved and, started racing the track not trying to do the jumps like race the track not just do these jumps and stuff more about racing the track yeah it's good i mean it's a good skill to have man especially um you know with with australian supercross coming back with world supercross coming back and and i guess it's a good way for you to get your feet wet too because i've had this conversation with your parents as well you got to race mx2 and supercross anyway because there is no uh mx3 sx3 whatever so there you kind of get that you know you get to get your feet wet racing those guys and and it's sort of a separate championship which is cool so um so with the collarbone um right now you're getting surgery you're gonna leave it they plating it you know what's up with that we're gonna go to a surgeon yesterday and then that's gonna resolve if we get surgery or not yeah because i know with collarbones you get them things plated you can be back on the bike pretty quick hey yeah around three weeks it is so but yeah. it looks like we're going to lead towards getting surgery. Yeah, I mean it's it's part of the game, unfortunately, right? I'm sure you you guys have got good um, health insurance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got all that sorted. All right, Connor. Well, hey man, thanks for for coming on. I won't keep you too long. I know you're probably still a bit sore and want to kick back and um, yeah, and I don't know, get in the bath or ice the shoulder or whatever you got to do, right? Um, yeah. But uh, good luck, man. I hope the recovery goes well, and uh, maybe we will. Um, so you guys just drove. You might. You guys just drove home last night in the end, right? Or was it today? Yeah, we went back to Gold Coast um, Hospital and then we drove all the way back home overnight. Jeez, savage! That would have been an amazing trip home in the van with a busted collarbone. Yeah, I just they gave me some medicines and I was pretty much knocked out. I was just falling asleep. Yeah, that that probably the one good thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, bye. Well, I appreciate the time. Go, go, chill out. Good luck with the recovery, yep. and um, thanks for the chat, man. We'll catch up with you soon. All right, thank you, guys. Thanks, Connor. All right, bye. All right, guys. Connor Tao on the uh, AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. That was a good interview, actually. He surprised me. This, this is what I was literally about to say. That I go. We've always had MX3 and MXD guys. You never know what you're going to get on the interview. You don't. But Connor speaks really well. He knows his program he knows what he's doing and to be <laughs> like a day off breaking a collarbone and still be that collected in your own mind to know what's going on to have this conversation with us like well do because i hit him up i was like hey do you want to come on like because i was chatting to him obviously yesterday and this morning and and i think i've just got more out of connor on the phone than i've ever got speaking to him all season <laughs> but that's awesome um 
he's a pretty switched on kid, man. And I think he's got a bright future in the sport. I really do. When Once he figures some things out, which he's young, he's going to figure this out. You can't ride that fast and have the track position he's having. And it, it, I tell you what, it's going to surprise you watching him ride Supercross, eh? Yeah, I think I'm a little bit out to lunch on that. Obviously, it makes sense. Well, he's it. never ridden a big bike in Supercross. That's no, why. that's the other thing, too. Like, I obviously never really paid much attention to the 85 Supercross. Obviously, Ryder Kingsford was a standout. You sort of had to sit back and watch that. Well, he was the only one that could run with, with Ryder in a Supercross track. And, and that's the thing. I mean, obviously, train, like we said, training with Wilsey and, uh, and Cloudy, the, the two guys that are pretty handy on a Supercross track. I'm keen to see what those two can do this year. Um, yeah, Cloudy going to the Cloudy's already back riding Supercross, yeah. which is like, okay. Um, I wonder if that's the track that he's talking about. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It looked really good. So if he's training there, he's going to be on form. Now, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. So we're just going to segue a little bit here and uh, let's get the man, the myth, the legend. We have his intro ready. They call him Posty. Would you be the savior of the broken, the beaten and the damned? Mickey Williams, aka Posty. What's happening, bud? Oh man, that intro is something else. I love that. Yeah. Hey, can you hold the phone a little closer to you? You're pretty quiet. Uh, yeah. I've got you on the earpods. I'll actually. Yeah, earpods are better. Switch them out. Do you have an iPhone or not? Yeah. We just tried FaceTime audioing you. It wouldn't work. Oh, do you want to try that again? No, no that's right. It's, it sounds it's pretty cool. good. Uh, we thought that you might be one of those eccentric folks that don't have, you know, that, that don't have Apple product. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, we do stuff, but we're not that, we're not that eccentric. I'm not okay. That's uh, a really good song. That's another good one. It is. It is. I mean, he's the, the savior of the broken and the leader of the damned. He's, he's, you know, you were, we had this conversation today, actually. You, we're having a home round. You were a lot less um, cranky yesterday. Was Did it feel good to be close to home? Uh, yeah, I was very happy to be close to home. I did notice that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we... You you are known to whinge a little bit, Mickey. Like, There's no secret, all right? <laughs> Uh, um, what do you mean? What do you mean? You're the head of the media union. Yeah. So this is uh, this is what came out of yesterday. This is what I want to talk about. Okay. Mickey is known to complain here and there at at the rounds of racing. Um, but yesterday you were you were good. But somehow, when you complained less, what came up was the fact that we're going to start a Moto Media Union. All right, and we're going to take down Joe Stevens because we're not happy. We're here in force, and uh, we're going to get our, our voices will be heard. Yeah, if you come out to call them next weekend, you will see us with the picket signs walking around the, the pit, the media tent, complaining. Oh, this is gold. It's, it's quite drastic that he goes. From- complaining to this all-out revolution. Mate, all right. So I I imagine, like, I'm not really book smart and I don't look a lot into history, right? So Posty is. He wears black rim spectacles. Yeah, so I imagine this is what, like, the French Revolution or, like, the Spanish... (laughs) Right? This is how it starts, right? There's a lot of pissing and moaning and then all of a sudden they're just like, you know what? Gathers momentum. Just yelling about nonsense and not doing it. Are you going to see my head on a stake at the start 100%, 100%, all right? Between me, Posty, 
Renoco, Jimmy, and Mark Jones, right? They're, we're going to be lighting torches this weekend, right? There's a revolution coming. It, it is coming. You need to be ready for it. Oh, man. That, yeah. I needed that. that was, yeah. uh, get on board or get out of the way. Right. I just want to. I just want to confirm what this complaining's been about because I feel like I'm one of the more happier folks. <laughs> as we played the, as your emo intro, you are known. I mean, a part of it is exaggerating, and he takes it well in the group chat. He doesn't bite. He he takes it like a champ. And uh, there's there's a bit of banter being thrown around, but I don't know. I mean, I do recall a certain uh, race at one faggy last year, Posty, where you came into the tent and you looked me square in the eye. Like, you look like a drowned rat. <laughs> you said, I don't know how you guys live here, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah, but one faggy does things to people, you know? <laughs> it does. Uh, that, that was a weekend. I, Jeez, I, that was that was gnarly. I don't that, think, was a rough, that was a rough weekend for everyone. I, I don't think. think anyone would disagree that was one of the gnarliest weekends of racing. But anyway, enough of the banter, Posty. Let's get into it. What were your takes on the weekend? Because... Other than filming a lot and not complaining that much, you were you were pretty busy trackside. So, what did you get to see? Um, oh boys, what, like where do we start? What have we touched on? How first of all, how was the one ninety nine interview? Because I do recall a couple shows ago saying that he will be the man once he comes on form. Um, you did, I remember that, and I was a little bit skeptical. Um, but I actually asked him that, Posty. I said, number one, you came back after four months of having a rod in your femur. And you didn't just come back. You came back and were competitive to win races right away. And he attributed it to his health and his program and his physio. Um, but I'm still pretty shocked. I'll give. You, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing is, like, do we? You know, it's sort of sort of bittersweet because I feel like NATO was definitely the the dude there. Um, well, I put KJ in that basket too there for that first moto, but. Um, it's a little bit bittersweet that Wilson was doing the both motos and he just had to get whatever he had to get to wrap up the title. You know, I sort of really want to see a, um, uh, you know, a match between those two, you know, I think it would have been sort of, sort of cool because I know NATO, you know, really wants to show that he is, you know, one of the guys that could have run the thing this season and he didn't get to show that. So it would have been cool to see maybe a motor. I don't know what Wilson's doing for cool. Does anyone know if he's just full four? Yeah, I think he's just graduated now. I think, don't quote me on that, but I think that's the go. But also I think that it coughs posty in that second moto. Was Wilson riding 100%? Maybe not, but NATO caught him. And I think that was a bit of a message where, was he going to beat Wilson at every moto this season or, or battle him? Maybe, maybe not. But was he going to be there? I think he would have been a similar pace, don't you? I, I don't think I don't think Wilson would have been able to jump up to the 450 around had, early. Yeah, had NATO been had there. Had NATO been there. Like, it changes yeah. a lot. But you can only think about it now because, you know, it happened how it happened. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I think he was genuinely a contender to run against him like this gap would have been a lot narrower and you can see that even now like yeah Wilson's probably in championship mode he's riding at 80% but you can still see yeah. the speed that NATO's got and the way that he's riding it proves that yeah yeah I just yeah it's a little I mean we can bench race all we like it just would have been that's just what, would have been cool to see the two big dogs sort of go at it you know because I mean nothing like I mean obviously you would have talked about Wilson wrapping this title up and how dominant and how badass he was this year um have we had a discussion on where we think he's going to land next year or any paddock rumours that you guys have heard? Well, we did touch on it a little bit. And but we don't like to speculate, Mickey. Yeah, I don't I'll like to speculate, bro. <laughs> you can... Starts with E and ends with E. Europe. Oh, really? 
Well, that's what I heard, but that you know how things are in the paddock, you know. Yeah, I, I actually heard completely in media. So. <laughs> I heard completely different. Coming. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah, can we, without speculating too much, like what are we, what are we thinking? Are we thinking we stays here, or are we? Well, that's what I thought Europe? was happening. Um, well, I okay. thought something on, different on again. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, all right. We need to coordinate these yeah, unspoken okay, so, rumors, so. but. Um, well, shit, goddamn, all right? That's three different takes. I thought that's what you knew. Well, to me, you know... You're thinking 450 here? I'm thinking 450 here. And, you, and you're thinking 450 Europe, are you, Posty? Well, you can't do 250 Europe, so he has to go 450 Europe, yeah. I, I can't see that, dude. Where, where's he going to land? He's not going to well, land on a factory. Blue land. Oh, is that what you've been I hearing? I thought America... Because oh, okay. he's going well, right, well, the, the, the wheels are coming off this show real well, quick. Hey, well, hey, guys, no. if you want... Concise information. Listen to Inside Dirt. Yeah, inside. Very different takes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good because yeah. this actually shows how much how it, much the room is going. There is like, you know, if you look at the team dynamic next year at Honda and him stepping up now, to me, this is more than just a showcase of his four fifty skills. In 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 my opinion, and yeah. some of the word I've heard on the street with different things and different riders, but I'll leave it at that. But. That's what I had heard. So clearly, we've all heard different things. Well, here's my thought process behind it. He's on the team for World Supercross, right? Is he riding Swifty? Yes. World Supercross? Yes. Yeah. So he's yeah, on the world. But boys, can I just can I just confirm <laughs> what this? World, no, no, no. The World Supercross thing, right? That that's only for this season, though, right? Like that's not confirmed into 23, right? No, like that's, just, no, that's just for, for that's 20, just for the rounds this year. For the four rounds. And is he doing Australian yeah. Supercross as well on the 250? Well, that's the other thing too. Does he ride the 450? Does he ride the 250? Like, Tanny's going to ride the 250 at Worlds, but the 450 in Australia. There's a bit right? going on here, right. isn't there? This is, the, this, is my, this is where I'm thinking, right? So, Yareev has a team in Australia. He has the world team and he has the Euro- ah, uh, the American team, right? Now I see the connection. Is, right? is this what you were oh, hearing, okay. Posty? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that, that does seem the most. So, um, if, say this World Supercross series, move. say he goes well in the oh. world. How did Manir save that? Sorry, we're watching the we're replay. watching the live stream back in my living room, Posty. Um, oh, shit. I haven't even watched the race. Dude, Manir just about did a double Superman sea grab. Uh, well, let's forget about the Wilson Todd talk because clearly we have no <laughs> we idea have no where idea. He's going. So let's just stop speculating. Right. Let's talk about this, all right? Because me and Joe were talking about this before the show. Cade Manir's yep. got the points lead for MX3, right? Yeah, we haven't really. T- I mean, we just spoke to Connor Tower for twenty minutes, but. MX3 as a whole. Let's start there. Oh. Is, he, is Connor alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's good. He's okay, got cool. a broken collarbone. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, he's good. Collarbone. Yeah, he just called in a minute ago. He's he's sore, but he's good. Dude, for that crash, a broken collarbone's a good result. Yeah, right. I think they're just going to get it plated, cool. and he'll be back riding Supercross in a couple of weeks. Honestly, what it sounds okay, like, yeah. so it's good. Kid, loose crash. Loose yeah, crash. yeah, he had a big one, but he's good. So okay. it, was, it was good. So back to the manier. Discussion. Yeah, so Manir, he's got the points lead, and you know it's, he's pretty good in the sand. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. So you'd you'd think he'd wrap this title up, but the way he's been riding at Coffs and now on the weekend at QMP, yeah, like fourths and fifths and sixths, like it's not the Manir that we've seen. Well, he went five eight on the weekend. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. His, what's his What's his lead? What's his points lead? He's got enough of a lead. I where think it's en- like it's enough. It's seventeen, I think. Yeah. And Alexanderson, with Alexanderson's injury that he had, would be yeah. The next he's no, he's, he's no, not in sec- That's the thing. Alexanderson had two rounds he missed. So yeah, it's actually he would, be um, 
no. fastest guy, no? They're the fastest guy, but Mather's the guy behind him in the championship. Um, Sorry, who? Jack Mather. Oh, okay, yeah, but Mather had a shocker at QMP, right? He did, so it actually worked yeah. out okay. Um, okay. This, <laughs> MX3 is wildly inconsistent, and it's It's, it's hard for me to comment on MX3 because I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, Oh, you, as you guys yeah, know, well, you're too good for the kids, are you? Yeah, he only he only deals yeah, with I, the big contracts, you know. I only, yeah, sell out one. Yeah, yeah, sell out. Yeah. <laughs> but, boy, once they're under the truck, come talk to us, you know. <laughs> Single digit numbers are only like two sellouts here. I got I got the big content sellout, and I got the, the brand <laughs> hopping sellout, and I'm just here keeping it real. Oh no, you're not. You're ruining our lives. <laughs> You tell that before all of us. Right? Taking money from our podcast. Yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> you haven't <laughs> sold the podcast yet from under our yeah. feet while we're on the show. Yeah. Everything's for sale, boys. Wait, he'll be the first head on the pitchfork, bro. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you get one of those um, big, like, what are the people? Oh, I don't know. Well, guillotine. I'm, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, still be there with the black bandana on. Wait, my chemical romance on the food box? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, Get the black eyeliner out yeah. for this last round, eh? <laughs> Taking back Sunday shirt or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. I got a Mayday Parade shirt in my bag, actually. <laughs> oh, and who's the emo here now? Anyway. anyway yeah. uh, so what's the deal with Manir? Like, what, what's the... Well, what's is the he going? hurt? Is he just in championship management mode? What's the go? I like, I don't know. I think his idea... I think that family... I have had a little bit to do with that family. His dad and stuff. They're very, very smart people. And yeah. would it be out of the question? Hey, man the next dude you know you've got a healthy enough lead just send this thing in just ride smart ride safe like I don't think that's no he's definitely playing the consistency card and I, I've yeah. talked about this before where he's not the biggest he doesn't look injured he, I don't I'm think saying. he's injured publicly I don't I don't I don't know anything oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I don't think there's anything going on so I'm just to clear that up yeah, but I just think like yeah. the, the, the like, what'd you say 5-8 five, 5-8 five, like, on the weekend the weekend before but my other theory is this he's from WA every time there's been a loose track um, which was Mackay, which was Gilman, where the dirt's Lomi and Sandy. Mm-hmm. He's been shredding. I think he's yeah. still learning because he's young. He's 15. I think people forget yeah. that, that he's still learning how to ride these really ruddy, hard-packed national-level yeah. tracks because it doesn't do it justice on TV, man. You go walk these tracks after yeah. the day or you know what it's like when you're filming. You you lose to your knee in these ruts and they're going yeah. through these things, fourth gear, wide open, down the hills. Like That takes him getting used to. And I think maybe... He's just still learning how to ride that. I wouldn't be surprised at Coolum this weekend if he comes out and goes one one. I don't know if he's going to go one one because the championship's on the line. He might not need to put that risk in, but he will definitely be further up. Let's mark it that way. You, you do you agree, yeah. Posty? Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, I think he'll come to Coolum and he's going to be on. Say that word again. He'll become what the Coolum. track? The track? Yeah, the name of the track. Oh, it's no, it's Coolum. Coolum. Okay, you're kind of neutral. We, what, 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 we were joking what, what, about how the okay. Queenslanders go kill them. I thought that was a Melbourne thing. No, no, no. So don't, don't you fellas go twelve, 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 <laughs> Melbourne, Melbourne? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm neutral in all this. I don't have that much of an Australian accent. A little bit, but mind you, much. I've been spending that, this much time up here lately. I've been to Queensland like five times in the last six weeks, and I've started to come home and say a after every sentence. Well, you guys have been hanging wait, out a lot. A, wait, that's a, that's a Queensland. That thing, is a hey. Queensland I thing. Say I, I don't even say that. Accent. Yeah, I get home and everyone's like, "Why? Why are you saying things like this?" Sorry, it's. Yeah, because what did you have? You had the KDM, the Husky launch. You guys were yeah, at. Yeah, we hung out which there. My, cool. my invite. I guess I'm still waiting for it in the mail. I'm not sure what happened there. Oh, I 
spam inbox, bro. Yeah, yeah. Check your junk. Check yeah. your junk. Oh, I guess I wasn't on the KDM accredited media list, which is, uh, yeah, I guess we'll I join the union, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 you would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it though. But the media list became very stringent, yeah. unlike other other events that we go to. <laughs> it's not so broad. Oh. oh, you had to get that one in, didn't you? <laughs> um. So let's just quickly touch on finish on Manier though. So you like was the he's still super young. Have you heard what his future looks like? Like is he gonna? I haven't heard anything because again, you would assume Europe again, right? I'd I'd have to imagine with Ross in his corner that they'd be they'd be vying for EMX or something sometime soon. I think that's a smart move. I don't know when. He's a super talented kid too, though, right? Like I do, um, like the same sort of trajectory as say Duffy. Is that out of? Oh, definitely. Of the, I, you look yeah, at his right. trajectory. You know, he yeah. he needs to. This is no disrespect to anyone in Australia, but he needs to to go to the next level. He needs to bail hundred percent. Yeah, so do you, we, you don't. I don't think we see him because you know what I mean. Like if you look at the lay of the land at the moment um, with rides, especially him being such an investment within that KDM group, um, there's probably not really anywhere for him to land unless he changes color. Because I can't see KDM letting go of NATO. Um, well, I think and I if, don't know what that 450 seat looks like, so you, you would assume that he's going to go to. And I, honestly, he's probably too. It's nothing. Well, it just might be if, be going to Europe, right? if he and his family think he's not ready or he's too young. Maybe he does one more year here. Does he go to MX2 next year? Does he go MX3? I, don't, I, don't, I think it's either Europe or MX3 again. That's I think that's the way that they should. Can they go if they win the title? Can he back it up? There's no force. Yeah, there's no rule. There's no there's no point out thing as long as he's under 18, right? As long as he's under 18. Yep. We could be wrong. Joe also thought there was two rounds of Coolum, so who knows, man? <laughs> oh, he's not letting that one go. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but look, we're at Coolum now, and I understand that there's only one, so, like, it's all good. You guys worry too much. Um, not me, mate. Not me, mate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's interesting where, where Manier's going to land. So, other than that, Posty, um, we chatted to NATO, you know, like we said, we chatted to Connor, We've talked four fifties, but um, Gibbsy, you know, I think is probably one to touch on. That yep. man in the back to backs, he was really good. Um, Ferris was really we did good. See that in last year, Maitland, when that track got super baked out, sketchy, Gibbsy sort of rises to the. He had a gnarly crash in. Was it Super Bowl? Yeah, super yeah. Bowl he was, we saw that a minute ago on TV at the top of the hill. He was on his head. Loose, eh? In yeah. the, on the gully. Yeah, yeah. And he got out of that one, all right. Yeah, um, considering he's still his thumb would have to be still pretty sore too. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's great. Um, I think it was better, but then doing that stuff at Mac 10 down the gully is not ideal either. So. <laughs> go throw yourself down this hill at 60k yeah. an hour and see how you feel after that. But oh, here we go. This is Connor's crash. Oh, man. Uh, who filmed that, Darnell? Was it Jimmy that got that on his? J- Jimmy camera? got it yeah. from the front. Like, TV got it from the backside, and Jimmy got it front on. And <laughs> I, t- It looks bad on TV, the, the shot that that James has got it is looks uh, worse. It's a lot worse. <laughs> eh? He got very lucky that, that bike didn't clean him out too. That's the other thing that, you know, it bounced at the right angle. So as bad as that went, it went pretty well. It went well. Um, let's get back to um, MX1. MX1. So I think the other story that we've touched on post the, obviously Honda stacking the field with, with Webster coming back and with Wilson's Todd going up. Webster, he's been on the bike, what, three weeks, I think. Um, yeah. 
And as much as everyone's losing their mind, like, oh, he's, he's back to, he's, he's going faster than anybody else at the at training, you know, with the beaten crew. And the, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, dude, of course he is. He's fast as all hell. But when you've yeah. missed the whole season, that doesn't translate to race intensity on a rutted, gnarly, hilly track. And, you know, he was there or thereabouts, but the day didn't really play out for him. Like I think many people thought he was literally going to go straight back to how he won at um, Mackay, you know? So, um, Webster went all right, but uh, probably it's going to be interesting to see Webster's fast as hell at Coulomb, and so is Dean, um, and so is Tony, and so is Todd, and so is Wilson Todd. So that's going to be an interesting battle for the final round. Yeah, Coulomb's actually shaping up to be like really, really cool. What's it? Is, is is it pretty out of touch for Ferris? Like how far is out Ferris of the um, twenty four? Twenty four. Twenty four points. points. So. Essentially, Tanny would have to drop a complete motor. Is that right? Yeah, unless Tanny really has something crazy happen, it's not really achievable. He for Ferris now. If, if he all he has to do is finish in front of Dean in the first motor, and the title's done. Yeah, and if he oh, doesn't, okay. he's just got to be. And in then the top other than that, he's really. like, yeah, it's. I know it's never. You never want to say it's safe and it's done. It, you know, it's never done until it's done. But I mean, look at what happened to Coppins back in the day at Coolham. Yeah. Like first corner crashes can happen. But Mel Ross in Supercross. In, yeah. yeah, but when it comes to CDR and crazy things happening, it's very rare, isn't it? Yeah, um, that's yeah. That's okay. So that's 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 interesting. Um, but Coolham, who knows at Coolham, right? Because. This yeah, top, I mean, this, but this t- I'll be honest with you. From the t- Tanny spunt has been spinning a lot of laps there. Like you got to remember, Tanny's been up here for a couple of years now. And he yeah. Spends a lot, like him and Nathan Crawford uh, from Double O Elite, not mm. the rider. Well, he does too. But they spend a lot of time training there and like riding it cool. And so, as that- much as Aaron is known as a hard pack guy. Mm. Dude can spin some laps in sand. You know, he's he's very fast there still. You know, it's not as much of a. Um, you know, a disadvantage of maybe what it was two years ago. No, and that's the other thing, right? So you think about those, we've got these, what we would call the six, seven elite guys in MX1. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. Kyle Webster, Dean Ferris, Todd Waters, Brett Metcalf, Kirk Gibbs, Aaron Tanney. Mm-hmm. Someone there? Wilson, Wilson Todd had the right? in there, yeah. And then you throw Hayden Melrose into that mix as well. There's eight yeah, guys. I think you got to put Melrose in. Yeah, that. but that's eight yeah. guys, and they're all really good at calling. Yeah, and realistically, know. though, even if they all beat Tanny, he's still going to win that championship. You'd think. So, uh, Ferris really goes 1-1 one, one and Tanny goes 8-8. Eight, eight. Does that, what's that? That ain't 24 points, bro. Yeah, I'm not yeah, good at math. Nah. Now, what about your guy? What about T-Dub? You reckon he turns it around this weekend? Um, yeah, I don't know how much I can say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, yeah, I just, honestly, from, like from Todd says, just like there's been some stuff that's just spilling over. Like, he's just not... He, for one, the dude can't get a start. Like he's cannot get a start. The, the pace is there. Like if you look at it um, at all around, he was he was off this weekend. But the pace is there. The fitness is there. It's just um, just not putting it together. He's going to be fast at Coolum. Like that's his backyard. Like, yeah. If there's anything that's like he's going to be fast at Coolum. Um, I would expect a result for him at Coolum. Um, I mean, he has a lot but, going on too. Like, there's some stuff that will we'll come yes, to. I, I just don't know how much I can. Well, no, and I, I know a lot of the things that you're yeah. talking about that will come yeah. come out in the future. Yeah. But, like, as far as yeah. the business world, as far as he's riding AORC, he's just been put onto the ISDE. Um, yeah. You know, I talked to him on the phone the other day for, for something that he's working on, and, and he's like, yeah, I'm getting this ready and getting that ready to go to France. And then we've got 
the prom X and this and that, like, and he, you know, he, he has guys like you working for him as well with content, which must be no end of a headache. Um, so (laughs) there's a bit going on on for him. And I guess uh, what, what you're saying is the same as what we're saying, maybe trying to manage all of that and be an elite level racer. It's actually quite a lot to, to, and he's got a young family, a new baby far out. Dude. Yeah. I mean, from the 806 businesses, and should I say, and this isn't me being always oh, Todd Waters guy, like, um, no, you wear a T dub hat, it's cool. We know yeah, how it is. I do wear a T dub and a factory Husky shirt, the same. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, like, bro, you can buy like, that shirt like, anywhere, eight, you know. Eight, no, you can't. Not that one, buddy. <laughs> it's official team issue, bro. Out of a truck, bro. I had to steal it out of a truck, bro. Right? <laughs> it's not even officially mine, so if you listen to Mini. But anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, like like eight hundred thousand businesses that are actually higher performing businesses, Joe. You can contest to that. Um, on yeah. top of having a one year old daughter, on top of winning AORC races, on top of just being selected for the France thing, which is actually a little bit of a nightmare because I'm somewhat involved in that as well. Are you going? And then on top, uh, I was going. Yeah, um, <laughs> we spoke then, about this on the weekend. It's a fucking nightmare. yeah. I was going, and then like I don't know how much you guys know, but just to get a camera. Uh, approved like credential yeah approved is 800 euro uh, so it's, it's FIM anything FIM costs a lot of money yeah and then for every minute of footage that we um, provide is an, an extra 150 euro and that's just to one brand and then on top of that if you do another brand it's another 500 euro so so really what you're saying is the Primex media program is really fair to you guys is what I'm hearing. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this, know, this union isn't it. just about Australia. Right? Oh, we're, like we're, going worldwide, we're going worldwide. Right? Yeah. yeah, like the super world motocross prestige worldwide. Yeah, that's what we're doing. So essentially what you're saying, Posty, is it probably isn't financially viable for you to generate content from that event? Uh, absolutely not. Or for like Todd and the looking- team or anybody like... No, we, I mean, I have spoken to dudes in Switzerland. I've spoken to dudes in France. I've spoken to MA. I've spoken to people that I don't even know what their roles were, just asking if I could do some sort of deal that we could get content out. And everywhere that we hit, it ended up being a really expensive thing. So at this point, unless we get a miracle email, yeah, I'm not going to France, which is a bit um that's a bummer bit unfortunate but yeah but it is but on the plus side Bosti, you um you look pretty tired a lot of the time so i feel like you do a lot so maybe (laughs) not going to france and i'm actually taking a week off boys the second coolum's done as soon as my coolum content is done and todd because it's good because todd leaves to go to france right after coolum so that's what it was looking like but now that todd goes away for coolum i'm actually going to take a week off believe it or not which will be good are you going to go to india for the week I will be deep in India. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I wasn't expecting yeah. that rebuttal. <laughs> uh, so you do need a break, though, Post. It's good. It's good that um, you can have a hold but, of um, Yeah, I would expect somewhat of a, a better result or a rebounce from things. But then again, man, um, I don't think, like I spoke to Webster, he was at Hatter with us with Todd and he said, you know, he was just going to ease back into it. His time wasn't back into it. But Webster's also looking towards Supercross, you know. Um, so there's that. There's got to be that thing, that mindset change too because well, this is how these guys get paid. So And you'd put Webster as a contender 
you know, for race wins and that sort of stuff in Supi. Um, Wait, is he know, riding Swifty like, or Fourthy in Supi? Webster. Yeah, Fourthy. I, I, I get right? confused, right? Because, and this is the other thing, I've got to get my head around the fact that because of World Supercross now, we're not going to yeah. see the Americans in Australian Supercross. So it actually makes it a legit Australian championship. I did hear of a couple imports. Have you heard that, Darnell? Or are we just... Gonna... I've heard I've heard of some uh, some imports. Oh, I've really? Some exports. Who's, who's yeah. being imported? What's the rumor? I heard maybe um, Brees might be coming over. Brees, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know. If I, and don't get me wrong, I'm pretty pro-Australian riders, but... The riders that I've heard, none of them get me that excited, if I'm being honest with you. No, nah, it's not it's like, not, yeah, it's not it's like not, a yeah, great rider. No. Right. Yeah, okay. Honestly, and honestly, though, like these riders that I've heard of coming over, I think there's probably better people here and Oz that probably should be getting looked at. But then again, the rides that I've heard, like the teams that they're going on, they're not um, elite-level rides either. So it is what it is. But it, Australian Supercross could be cool because there's going to be some pretty good dudes that are riding, like Aussie wise. So it's good. I'm looking forward to Australian Supercross. I actually started making some phone calls today, and and it's starting to become on the radar. Are you running the media for that? No, I'm not. Oh, still. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> We're lucky for you, AJ. <laughs> Because you um, don't want to be talking to our representatives. Yeah. No, I don't want the, the CMF Moto Media you guys coming down on me. Um, no, nah, Supercross, is, it's on the road. I don't know. I guess like even the phone calls I had today, I chatted to a few people in the industry and it's like it's it's on the radar now. What is that? What are you voice? doing, Post? Um, just currently having a smoke alarm. I'll, can you? I'll ring you back. Goddamn. Small fire going on. I'm just going to put myself on hold and sort the fire out. Okay. Oh, we're just going to turn it. Wow. I'm just going to leave. No, we're good. We're good? Oh, we're good. It sounded like back. you were trying to microwave a dog or something. <laughs> Did you? Dude, dude, like, no, like, this show's gone off. I don't know if it's gone off or else and stuff, but it was three o'clock in the other night and Blake Fox lives with me. And uh, the alarm went off, like, at three o'clock in the night. We're both out running around the house in our in our jocks trying to find a fake fire at three o'clock in the morning. We've got the dog losing its mind. <laughs> so I don't know what that means because there's, like, this phantom fire that keeps lighting in my house and we don't know where it is. If I were you, I would reset the power. Um, Just rip the batteries out, bro. <laughs> to the mains. Reset the mains in your house, and that will. I had it. I had it a while ago. The the fire alarms in this house kept going off, and it's really no fun when um when yeah, okay. when uh, when you're asleep. Yeah, not at all. Okay. So now that that's sorted, so sorry everyone that was listening, just phantom fires. No, that's cool. It, add, um, it adds like, context to the show. It's great. 100%. 100%. Um, no, I'm looking forward to Coolum. I think it's going to be a good time. Um, do we know what the deal is this Saturday? Is it just the support classes? Is that it's correct? support classes and qualifying okay. um, for the championship classes. And then Sunday is the usual schedule. Like they'll have the top 10 Amex Superstars, top 10 pole shootout. They'll have, um, you know, the – and. Is it going to be a shorter program? I think it is. Uh, I think it is a little bit, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine they'll finish it up a little party. earlier. I, I actually, I don't have the schedule. I'll do all the, you know those emails I send you guys that you don't read? Um, I'll, I don't know. I'll reread them. I'll do those like probably tomorrow and that will have the schedule in it. So if you ever have any questions for me, which you always do, um, yep. check your emails. Oh, okay. That's how. It'll be like a bit. Those emails must be where your KDM email went to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Okay, right. It <laughs> makes sense. Hundred <laughs> percent. So, is it safe to say though, Tanny wraps this thing up, 
I think it's I think, I it's think pretty safe. Yeah, leaving Coolum on Sunday afternoon, it's going to be Maneer and Tanny getting crowned, and obviously Wilson's already done. So um, that's pretty cool for Tanny, considering man, like he, he wasn't he wasn't supposed to be the guy. No, man. And you know what? I've talked about this on the show previously many times, and today, Posty, he worked his apprenticeship. He did the hard way. He wasn't this factory junior standout kid, you know? Um, now he's going to be MX1 champion if it all goes to plan. Like, that's that's he's got a world supercross ride. Like, he's a legit career rider now, and that's really good, good to see. It's funny, man, because that dude was living in a donger 12 months ago. And like I think he's just got his own place, and like he's doing all right by, by the looks of it. And I know that championship bonus pays pretty well too. So I'm really excited. Yeah, like I know Aaron pretty personally. Really, really pumped for that too. Like it's it's one of the coolest stories I think. Um, so hard yards, like a lot of the guys don't want to do. Like you know, he rode Gas Gas last year. It was a few rounds. You know, I know that a lot of guys didn't get full years pay with the COVID years and stuff. And he probably didn't make yeah. a lot of money these last couple of years. You know. No, man, no. <laughs> and that, no, that's the thing, too, with, with with us, and this is what I really want to see him win the title more so than, you know, Dino and that. And that's nothing, like I said, nothing against Dino, but finally someone new, someone fresh, like... A new Australian 450 champion. That's it, like Todd, really winning, cool. Todd winning in 19, that was his first 450 championship, right? Yep. Yeah. He's come, in, like, really close yeah. many times, but yeah. And then Luke winning in 21, first 450 title. Obviously, it was a shortened season, and I think this championship go- would have gone very differently if Cloudy stayed in all year. Um, but now to see Aaron, so we're seeing new names again. Like, you know, we've seen, and, and that's nothing against any of the other guys, but it's been the same guys for ten years. Hundred mm. percent. Can we talk like what does Honda look like next year? Then, like, no if we're still on the Wilson thing, like, because unless you Reeves this pulling money which he is known to do but surely he can't keep all three guys under that truck you can't think it's going to be three surely not no not ferris webster and wilson like that's i mean if he wants a title that's what he does but how do you pay for that no i don't think it's going to be all three um I don't know anything for sure. I'm gonna leave it there. I, I don't know. Like I kind of know some. Th- uh, I've heard some things, but I'm not. I'm not going to speculate until yeah, after the weekend. About I, about a rider, but yeah, yeah I just yeah. don't want to bring it up now before the weekend, and maybe there'll be things after call them. You know, so let's see where it goes. But it, it, there's not a lot of seats in the 450 class. That's the thing for silly season. Really, the only thing I could see that might open up, like CDR is going to be on lock. That's not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's one 450 seat at each of the KDM groups. Your guys got one. You've got Gibbsy and Gibbsy, which uh, Gibbsy ain't gonna leave KDM. I don't think. I feel like Gibbsy's a pretty a sort of assertive lock, and and Melrose uh, possibly and, after the way the year's gone might look elsewhere. But where's he gonna go? You know. I don't think so. Though I think no, I, KDM I, group knew what Melrose what they were getting with Melrose, and that's a solid, really competitive Supercross rider. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Which man, we all had to hold our breath when he crashed in the first moto yesterday because it was like, oh my god, Supercross, that's his skill, and and he yeah. might be. Injured, I'm really surprised that he didn't get a ride for Super Black World Supercross. Like I, I thought he'd be a lock for a team, eh? Yeah, I think. I don't know for yeah, sure, but you can but... still make decent money here no, in Oz and do that. You know, like the World Supercross thing. Don't get me wrong, like the World Supercross thing is very solid and all that. Like it all looks well and good. I mean, but the money's great, but... Pilot. We I, haven't even got through a pilot year yet, fellas. Like, let's just... 
see how this thing rolls out. And if Melrose has got a somewhat solid, like Melrose is going to land somewhere. Like, dude, like he's a, one of the elite riders here in Australia. Yeah, I, I don't see him. I don't see him moving from Gas Gas. I really don't. I think they've got. I, I think that KDM group. I think it's pretty set. Stays fairly solid, to be honest with you. Um, They'll bring Blake back know. at MX2. You know, he's an investment for those guys. They know long term. Blake's an investment. I yeah. think, honestly, I think it would be loose to see Blake go anywhere else. Um, yeah, I mean, Noah's great too. Um, Do we yeah. see an expansion from those teams, yeah. maybe? Like, I can't, I can't see it next year. I think they'll just run the same model. Because at the end, it's three guys. I just fact. think it works really. I just think, it, like, it, it, you know, the... NATO coming back. NATO was yeah. Like, you say that NATO was always the pick to go for that. Was their title hope this year? Um, I think Wilsey was also. You know, you know Wilsey. Wilsey, man, you see that thing in Maitland that he did. A, yeah. Like he was loose, dude. Like so good. And I think that's what they see in Wilsey. So Wilsey's an investment. But this is—is um, is he four fifty Supercross or two fifty Supercross? I'm not sure. He was going to be four fifty at one point, wasn't he? But with yeah, but with like. If you put him on the 450, which is solid, who do you find to fill that 250 seat? The only, what I would love to see, and I, I've got absolutely no idea or how this looks or anything like that, I'd love to see Wilsey jump on the 450 and they put KJ on the 250. That's, yeah, that, that would make are. sense. That this would is, make this sense. is what I want to say, right? So Because oh, Todd isn't Todd doing Supercross? No, 100% no, no. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was like, man, if he's going to Supercross, this dude Would is... be surprised if he rocked up the project <laughs> at Marvel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This yeah. But I, I'm 98% sure that we're not pleased. We're not pleased. Please, please, please Todd, no. <laughs> like, just take some time off and be with the family. Yeah. But, you know, um, say Wills, he goes 40 Supercross, then... Yeah. But Barham's already on the track on a Husky. And yeah. Husky are giving him a budget. They don't need to pay... His entries, they don't need to pay all these excess costs to bring him under the factory rig because going racing nowadays is expensive. You know, like I don't think I've, I've owned a race team. I don't think people understand how much money it costs to put a bike on the track. So just for example, though, like the Noah deal, like he, I believe he's, or he would race under the gas gas team. Yeah. You just got to remember Noah's just spent the whole year under the Davy banner. Yeah. Like Davey's invested money into him. Davey's put time into him. Like there's got to, there's a sense of. Well, he lives with oh, the Davey guys. That's like, what I'm saying. You know? Like, you know what I mean? There's this whole thing. And then all of a sudden for two rounds, he's just going to jump and bail and leave trucks. Yeah. Like that's not an easy situation to be in for any rider. Uh, every, I, I hear this, this drum get beat all the time. I'd love to see like, Joel Evans, Joel Evans, Joel Evans. No, Joel but then, Evans. Yeah. But God, and I, I get that. Like guys have deals in place and you don't want to burn bridges for two rounds to get a fill-in ride. This is what I mean though with the KDM group model. And that maybe, look, I could be wrong and I don't want to speak out of turn or anything like that. But it, You watch how you talk about my team, mate. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, but it just seems like <laughs> it, at some point at every round, they haven't had a bike on the track. Yeah, and it's and yeah. it's very similar to the model that they run in the states as well. With you know the four fifty, like the four fifty yeah. side is dominant, but they got one two fifty guy on a KDM there. Yeah, Max yeah. Voland is an right. example. Yeah, the, the Husky program, hey. in, the Husky program in America hasn't gone. Well, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to say anything. like I just I don't know. I, I do question what? the KDM group globally, away from MXGP, what they're doing. Um, Look, they're they're winning races here. You can't argue with that. Gibbsy's no, up front, can't. and NATO's winning. No, so doing, you have a point. They're doing do a lot a of things right. It's just something I I wonder about. But in saying that, it's nothing against the way that they're running their program because 
obviously it ha- it has worked in the past and it's still working now. So yeah, yeah, I think it's just one of those things. So you know what I mean? Like they 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 make a investment into those three guys, and I mean I've got one of the one- kids living here with me. Like I know what is sent to them and the equipment that's put under them, and then. I'm pretty tight with most of the mechanics there, but the amount of effort that goes into them to frame a bike, get a bike, get everything ready, and then you go, hey, man, well, mm. like if he's going to be out the whole series and maybe we look at something, but if we're going to miss two rides, we don't have to put 20 grand, or and that's an, that's an exaggerated number, you yeah. know what I mean, or 10 grand, and then Liam's got to build Johnny another bike, and then, you know, then it's, it's got to be under the right equipment. an exaggerated number, though, Posty, honestly. Yo, I don't know. You know, I'm just making these numbers up. But by the time we're factory tires, right, new new factory tires, this, that, everything else. Okay, suspension. Now we got to do suspension testing. Then we got to do this. Then we got to do that. Okay. By the time you've done all this and you go one race and then, oh, you've got you've got twelfth, mate. Great job. Hmm. We just spent twenty grand for you to get twelfth. Yeah. What unless does he that comes do out and that's what I'm saying. Though. And unless they're going to go, oh, okay, we've got a Nathan Crawford coming in the field and we know we're going to get a result from. It's probably not worth the because they've already put an initial investment into their riders. Yeah, you know and what I mean. There's already an initial investment of just for argument's sake, seventy five grand across the three two fifty riders with contracts and buys, you know, whatever. But then you want us to go put another thirty grand into someone that's only going to ride two rounds that we don't necessarily know is going to put results well, yeah. in. So, like logistically, you know? it's just not that easy, right? But um, then it's you look not at that the- feasible, absolutely not. Hey, yeah. on a massive segue, um. The 65s are on TV right now. We're going to wrap this pot up in a minute because it's been going for over an hour and a half, Posty. But yeah. how cool was it to see Ben Townley's kid, um, Jagger, out there? Dude, yeah. so cool. I am Obviously, everyone knows I'm a massive Ben Townley fan. And seeing his kid out there, you know, Heath Davey rips and he won both motos. But Townley's kid, you can see already that technique that Ben has is already in him. You said that that is a good point. Okay. Like he's ripping, but <laughs> did you just see that? Like if you watch back the coverage of the 65, which I know a lot of people uh, hit and miss with the, with the support classes, but it is something that I think everyone should invest a little bit of time into. I'll watch it. Cowley yeah. kids, right? Okay. No, but that Heath David kid's ripping. Dude, he rips so yeah. fast. And he's been ripping. And there's a few of them too out the, out the front, like Deegan Four, and there's a few other names throughout that list of guys that are like these kids that are riding in 65 class and I love the initiative from the way that Yamaha do that as well with bringing them into the CDR truck and letting them put out of their own truck and they do the goodie bags it's a cool by Yamaha it's really cool it yeah. is really cool it is man and, and it's yeah. not a it's not a you know none of us have got a vested interest in Yamaha like it's just you see these kids and their families and you know I took Grayson to the race yesterday um you saw him there, Posty, hanging out. He was stoked. He's four years old. He went and rode so the fun. Yamaha, um, you know, the common try. He jumped on a peewee, you know, put the Yamaha gear on. And he's got a peewee at home, but he rode around with the, the blow-up course they have. And he, he was stoked, you know. Um, and they do it right because that's where brand loyalty starts at, at that young age, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. But, um, um, yeah. Townley's kid. Very he's bad. got a big did future. We, did we talk about KJ though? Like, did we? Did oh we, yeah. Yeah, we we talked about Barham a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He came oh, up cool. in all forms conversation because NATO was going to go live with him Supercross and train there, and you know, I'm staying in his caravan for Supi. Very very excited. You're staying what, at the at the and races? You mean? No no no. At his house while they're doing Supi. You should wait until you see the the 
the content that'll be coming out out of those voices. You're just going to be a full on excellent, full on roadie. Excellent news to me. If you have the Alpine style guy stoked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, you can see him growing from ear to ear talking about that. Uh, But yeah, no, very cool, boys. I'm pretty pumped this weekend. I'm looking forward to Coolum. I think it's going to be it's going to be sick. Are you um, are you indulging on Sunday night in the after party activities, Posty, or are you going home? I don't know. What are you doing? Are you going to indulge? No, I'm going home. I'm too old for that sort of thing. Donnell on the other Donnell. hand. Donnell's already <laughs> indulging. <laughs> he may be indulging on the show right now. Yeah. I definitely didn't pull off some, I didn't pull some wax off a Maker's Mark bottle. <laughs> before we started <laughs> about, the show. <laughs> about an hour and a half ago. Oh, oh, Are man. we having dinner tomorrow night, Donnell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, um, I'll speak to you off air. Um, yeah, that's cool. I think yeah, we're going to go play, come play top golf tonight, Posty? Yeah, what are you doing tonight? You want to come play top golf? No, no, I've got union meetings. <laughs> union <laughs> meetings? That is a union meeting. No, you're bringing the enemy to the union meeting, bro. <laughs> you can't meet in public because then the Secret Service will know. True. This oh, is true. Okay. No, Can we get Jonesy on one of these calls? Dude, I've like, done a podcast with Jonesy. You know what's funny about Jonesy? I've listened to your podcast with Jonesy. It's really good. But How well-spoken and smart is he? And then in person, he's just completely different. <laughs> yeah, he's got a bit going on, eh? Yeah, like he has his... Um, He's very professional and smart, Jonesy. But then when he's when he's with the boys, he uh, he lets loose. He's he's a character. That's why we oh, love him. I've I've got to go. I've got deadlines that have not been met. Yeah, no, right. I'm, wait, still wait, I'm, I'm still waiting. Still <laughs> 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 All right, Posty, right, you have a good one, bud. Thank you. All right, see you, boys. See ya. All right, guys, that was uh, Mickey Williams, a.k.a. Posty, a.k.a. the leader of the Broken and the Damned. <laughs> He's not okay. He had a big day yesterday. Um, all right, we're going to wrap this one up. It was pretty fun, Darnell. Been good to have you sit next to me and do a podcast again for the first time this year. Dude, it's been a while. Eh? It's probably it been a good year since I've done one in studio. It was. Oh, other than the one that we did live. Oh, like the at the um, at the hotel after yeah. The, yeah, a couple of the rounds. But it's better to do it sitting in my house, that's for sure. Um, I okay. did miss our studio. That was a good setup we had going. Yeah, I'll, I'm working on it. Um, not that it's going to help because you're down there, but it's all good. All yeah. right, guys, this has been the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. This is the Round 7 ProMX Review for QMP. And we've got one more show to bring you um, on the Inside Dirt Network from the weekend coming, which is Round 8, the final championship round at Coolum. Can we do that one on Tuesday? Uh, yeah, we'll do that one on Tuesday. We'll do that one over the phone. I know you'll need a day off to travel. <laughs> Um, when are you going home? Monday? Yeah, I'll go home Monday. Yeah. Maybe afternoon. <laughs> Maybe evening. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're going to, we're working on some things right now for Supercross guys. Hopefully we have some Supercross content coming your way, which I'm pretty sure we will. Um, working on, you know, uh, partners and working on a schedule for that, which is exciting. I'm looking forward to Supercross and looking forward to wrapping up this AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Prime X review show from Coolum next weekend. So thanks for listening. It's been a big show. Uh, thanks to NATO Crawford. Thanks to Connor Tower. Thanks to Posty for coming on. And uh, with that being said, um, we will see you guys very soon after Coolum this weekend. <laughs>